We're going to go ahead and introduce our next speaker. Many of you know Josh from around the, I think, the speaker scene or the tour from time to time. Josh has been a member of CPA for quite some time. He owns Dealworth Drug down in North Carolina, and he's bringing some great content today, and I'll just go ahead and turn it over to you, Josh. Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. I got the fortunate after lunch speech. So insulin levels are up, right? Glucose is up. Did we give out GLP-1s at lunch today? Sorry, profit loss, bad joke. Hi. Let's get this energy going. Jay wants level 10 participation. I'm not a stand speech guy. This will be an experiential piece for you guys. I just wanna say I'm privileged and grateful for being up here because I get to speak my truth. I get to speak my passion to you guys. And I also get to introduce some next steps in the pharmacy evolution, or what I'm calling now Pharmacy 2.0. So I have a bucket list thing, so hopefully you guys can help me out here. So we talked, I think Greg Bell talked a little bit about stress, right? And how we're all stressed in our pharmacies, our lives, our communities. When COVID hit, I think we got a whole new definition of how high stress could go, right? Things were, stressful, but then COVID hit. And it was like, oh, there's another level, right? Our store was closed to the public for over a year. We had the door shut. So that's stressful, right? So if you guys will indulge me, I had this thought coming up here preparing for this talk. And I was like, what if we could just center everyone? We want everyone to have what I call million dollar listening. We all have one of these things, right? I call them soul-sucking devices. Because it's a di like you go to anywhere and somebody's here, right? You're at the movies and somebody's doing this. So I want you guys to think about this as what if? What if you learn one thing today that could propel your business? What if you came home with that one idea, that one thought that really made a difference in where you're going in the future. Because that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk not about the past, not about where our present past lives and pharmacies are. We're gonna talk about going forward. We're in a new age of pharmacy. We're in a new age of business. Things are elevating and moving and changing in rapid directions, right? So, as Dan Mack said, this is the, the attention span of a human is eight seconds. I think it's actually seven and a half seconds. Did you know that's less than a goldfish? So we literally have the attention span of less than a goldfish now because of these things, right? Many different reasons why. So I want you guys to just challenge yourself a little bit. I know half, some of you will probably ignore me and you'll get on your phone and you'll skip, scroll your email or hopefully not the scroll of death on Facebook, but do me a favor, just be present. And so we all have that agreement? 
Yeah. Someone say yes. All right. Because, you know, believe it or not, I'm a little nervous up here. You got a big group here, big lights, everything. So, one thing I want you guys to do, we're going to do this. This is, I love wellness tips, tricks, and hacks. We're going to learn some wellness stuff today. I love you, but I don't trust you. So, I want you all to get centered. Put both feet on the ground. And if you don't want to do it, just fake it, just so I can make sure you did it. Put your feet on the ground, put the phone away, close your eyes, and just take a nice deep breath in for the nose. For those of you who are mouth breathers, you're breathing wrong. Nose breaths are the only breaths that you can make. So close your eyes, take a deep breath through your nose, and exhale. And I just want you to sit there for a minute and just take that extra time for yourself right now. There's nothing else to do. There's nowhere to go. And I just want you to take a breath in, nice, normal, natural breath. It's about five and a half, six seconds in. You don't even need to count. Whatever comes natural. And I want you to breathe out, okay? And just sit there for a minute. And when you're getting that nice deep breath in and out, your breathing life in. We take it for granted. I want you to focus on the area of your heart as you're breathing in. And I just want you to breathe in and out through the area of your heart, like you're breathing in through that heart space. And just focus your attention there, where you put your focus and your attention, you put your energy. So let's put our focus and attention right in our heart space. Just breathe in and out of that heart space, nice and easy through the nose. Relaxing every time you breathe out. And now that you got your nice deep breath in and out through the heart space, I want you to pull up a, a regenerative emotion, something like gratitude, joy, appreciation, love, could be for someone, something, somewhere. Could be the beach, the mountains, your dog. I just want you to bring that thing up for you. It's unique to you, and it brings you a feeling. I don't want you to think it, I want you to feel it as you're breathing in and out of that heart space. And I want to take that feeling, and I want you to breathe that feeling in and out. Because we all can feel, we can all recall a feeling. The day our kid was born, the day we were married. Just take that feeling and breathe it in and out. And as we take one last deep breath in and out together, I want you to take that feeling and I want you to breathe it out into this group and send it out to everyone in this room. We take one nice deep breath in and one deep breath out. And now slowly open your eyes. Now, how does everyone feel from where they were to where they are now? Calm, relaxed, centered? So, this thing work? Green button, there we go. Because we can't create in the hormones of stress. We can survive, but we can't create. You can only create from that center above courage. So does this sound familiar, look familiar? 
slinging pills to pay the bills. What's wrong with this now? We all know what's wrong with this, right? It doesn't work anymore. Pharmacists have been known to dispense drugs for a living in exchange for profit. And unfortunately, that model's not working anymore, right? We all know this. I'm not going to go into the whole, I told you we're going to the future today and we're not going in the past. What's really the kicker here is, what's duly wrong with this is people are taking more and more medications and they're getting less and less sick. Chronic diseases are on the rise. Everything I say is backed by science. That's what I am, who I am. I love making wellness made simple, but I also do things backed by science. That's why I got into functional medicine. It's all backed by science. But the truth is, right, chronic disease is on the rise, but we're taking more medications, so there's something wrong in the system. And so we're not making as much money. We can barely pay the bills if we just fill prescriptions. So there's got to be another way. So if we keep fighting the reimbursement battle only, we're going through. And so I know you guys will probably boo me for this maybe, but I think the PBMs, everything happens for a reason in this life. That's what I believe. There's nothing in this life that happens to you without a reason. I think the PBMs are here and they literally cut out our living because would we change if we were getting paid the same as we were 10 years ago? Would we be in this room talking about beyond dispensing and getting these things moving if we had, been, if we had gotten the same rates, right? No, we'd just be in a volume war. Let's fill more and get more. So maybe they're there to change us because maybe we wouldn't change as rapidly. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. So talk to you guys a little bit about my story. Yes, I'm a pharmacist. I got into healthcare and I'm a business owner. I'm a CPA member. Where's my CPU people? There's one, uh-oh. Thank you, Deborah. So I'm a pharmacy owner. So the common thread we all have in this room, right? We're entrepreneurs. We're all small business owners or we work for someone in a small business and we're pharmacists. So those are common threads, right? And I got into healthcare, or I got into the want to be in healthcare to help people, because when I was 16, I got leukemia. And I went through three and a half years of chemotherapy and radiation to the brain and spinal taps and everything like that. It was a pretty tough battle, less than 50% chance of living, and I got through it, I'm here, I'm cured. But I really wanted to help other people. That's when I was going through the therapies, it was like, I want to help other people get cured of diseases too. And so I started, well, I learned about the drugs, right? I was just there. They were putting in all the yellow, red, green, whatever goo they were putting in my arms at that time. Got me interested, got me intrigued. They were putting it in me. So I, I got really good at learning big, long word drugs like methotrexate and C and adriamycin and the method, the doses and all that stuff. And I got curious and I was really good at chemistry anyway. So I was like, I'm going to be a pharmacist. I'm going to cure other people by giving them medicine because that's what I thought at the time. The medicine cured me. And it did. Part of it did. And so I became a pharmacist. I had worked for a community chain at the time. It started with C, it ends with S. It's got three letters. At 15, like right before I got diagnosed, and so I worked my way up that model 
and I became a pharmacist. Does anyone know what CVS stands for, by the way? This isn't a CE, so I can say anything, right? What? <laughs> so, in pharmacy school, we actually we said, no, the real, the real word that CVS stands for is could very well be Satan, okay? And I still believe that today even more. So I worked for those guys for about 10 years after school, and I got really tired of the care I was giving patients. They just do more with less, right? And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to care for my patients the way I did. So I started learning about entrepreneurship, business owner, did the NCPA workshop, had no idea. I did no business school, nothing. I came from an independent pharmacy down the street and I went to lunch with them. We were good colleagues. And I said, do you think I could own my own pharmacy like you? And he just said, of course, yes, you can. You treat your patients like I treat mine. And I always did. I always had that thing, right? I always take care of my patients. That's all it took for me to go and own my own pharmacy. It took a while. I did, and then I ended up starting a store a mile from the store I was managing. They didn't really like that. And I made one big mistake when I opened. I decided it'd be a really good idea to get married and then open my business at the same two weeks. I don't recommend that to anybody. I always said if we had gotten pregnant, I just would have shot myself. <laughs> that would have been the trifecta. So I got married. Two weeks later, I opened the pharmacy. We started it from scratch, script number one, in 2008. And over the first couple of years, uh, I started filling scripts. And I'd filled every script. I was the only pharmacist. For those of you that started from scratch, you know what this is like, right? You fill everything, you know everybody's name, you know their street address, you know their dog, you know everything, because everything's flowing through you. We'd fill, I'd fill scripts six days a week, and on the seventh day of rest, that's what I'd do, the business stuff. We did that for two years. So I'll never forget the time, right around year two, I was filling prescriptions, right? Every single one. And we are doing our taxes, and I f was filling scripts. I filled more scripts that year, but I made less money. Has anyone ever gotten to their taxes and gotten the tax bill and had to get a line of credit or take a loan to pay the federal government? Anyone raise their hand? Come on, be honest. I've had, we, I, had to pay, I had to take a loan to pay the government. I was like, this does not work. I'm doing all this work. And I was filling scripts and there was something that just clicked to me. I was like, they're coming in every month. I'm filling scripts every month for the same things and they're not getting any better. They're just filling scripts, right? Their conditions were being, their symptoms were being managed, but they weren't getting better. What happens in the continuum of health in a lot of our patients? We fill prescriptions years and years and years. What happens? We usually fill more and more, right? Does anyone ever fill less and less prescriptions for their patients? in this model of pill for the ill at least, right? And so today we're gonna to talk a little bit about the six pillars of what I call going beyond the pills. And, oh, thank you. And because my belief is I don't subscribe for the pill for the ill approach to medicine anymore. I just know more, I just know because symptom of the disease is being treated, 
And this is in chronic conditions, right? The prescription evolution came from like penicillin, where you could fix something that was acute, but then it moved over to chronic conditions, and now it's, it's kind of like recurring revenue. Like we can hit the symptom, mask the symptom of the disease, but we're not reversing it or making it better. We're just getting to that health, that goal, like blood pressure, or I always say, people don't, they don't suffer from a Prozac deficiency in depression, why we're giving them Prozac, right? It's a neurotransmitter reuptake inhibitor, but doesn't really do anything about the neurotransmitter balance. And so we're gonna talk about these six pillars. First one for me, because this is the pharmacy of the future, right? We're talking about moving this pharmacy profession forward in a different way that we can create a bigger impact on our patients' lives. And the first one for me is diversify. What is diversify? Is going off the dispensing model, right, only. We're talking about this all the time. I'm on the Developing Opportunities Steering Committee for NCPA because we're talking about different solutions that go beyond dispensing because the dispensing model's not working financially for us, but truthfully, it's not working for our patients. And so if you have a financial planner, does he put all your finances into one stock? I, if it was Apple in the 80s, that would be great, right? But we diversify our portfolio and other things. We just haven't really done that. And the NCPA Digest has been routinely over years and years, 90, 95% of our revenue stream is coming from Rx. So when I say diversify, I say, what is your beyond the pill percent? I count it as anything outside of PBM that's good for your health and wellness for your patients. So I count compounding because it's cash. We talked, they talked a little bit about that 80-20 rule. I love the 80-20 rule of life. So would you rather fill a prescription that's 20% margin or 80% margin, right? That 80-20 rule. Compounds, we can hit 80%. Regular stuff, 20%. So what's your percent? Are you tracking it? That's the number one metric I track in my pharmacy and that are in my mentorship mastermind group is what is your percent? What is your beyond the pill percent? My goal for all of you is to get you to that 40, 50% threshold where you're beyond the pill, your non-PBM dispensing activities or cash Profitability, not sales, because drugs are expensive, right? I don't look at sales as a marker for success. It's what's coming at the end, gross profit down to net profit. So what's your percent? So getting to that 40, 50% is important. So just look at it as a numbers game. If scripts are 20% margin, compounding's 80, putting some energy here. Supplement sales, good ones, 50% margin. Wellness programming, Getting paid here is what we've been talking about. We'll talk a little bit about that and why that's a barrier to today because we're waiting for the billable model. So how do we diversify? I use a simple approach. I call it the AND approach at Dilworth, my Dilworth Wellness Center. That's the name of our pharmacy. We call it the Dilworth approach. It's pretty simple, but you have to use it in a targeted way. So the AND approach is what's best for your patient's outcomes and the business outcomes at the same time. Here's the kicker. 
every time. Because in pharmacy school, we're taught to improve patient outcomes, right? Your pharmacy students come in, into the store and they're all about outcomes with, without regards to the profitability. And so we teach them really quickly in week one, like the profitability side has to be incongruent with that. So if it's better for their outcomes and better for, their, and better for the pharmacy financial outcomes of the business, it's, it counts. So filling a generic blood pressure medicine for a customer, a tenolol, whatever it might be, filling it, telling them how to take it and saying, have a nice day, being super friendly with that is not the end approach. It would be filling that script and offering them synergistic solutions to their health and wellness, better outcomes, nutraceuticals, low-hanging fruit, drug nutrient depletion, something in that realm. Maybe it's lifestyle or diet or maybe point-of-care lab that we could give them that would be synergistic to their health condition, the drug they're taking, or the nutrient depletion. I've been speaking on this subject of nutrient depletion for over a decade now, and we're still not mastering it. Flip, flip your thought process on nutrient depletion. It's a side effect of a medication, right? And we're all pharmacists, right? So therefore, we should be educating our patients on the side effect of medications legally. So we really need to be working on that. And it's an offer that you can get them to understand. We just need to know the little concept behind it. So the and approach is the pillar number one. Moving our pharmacies and healthcare from the sick care model to the well care model. I call it sick care because that's not a derogatory statement, right? It's our patients are coming to us because they're sick. They have a problem that needs a prescription. The doctor diagnoses them, they get a piece of paper, and then we're supposed to fill whatever that is, everything to everybody. If that prescription dictates it, our pharmacy label tells us we should fill it for them. But in the well care model, are, so are they coming to you to become, I think in their mindset they are, but they're really coming to you to become less sick. And so we need to shift the paradigm of our existence towards this well care model. And we did this exercise with the staff because we're in this transition or this evolution. It's just it's like consciousness. There's never like one way to enlightenment. It just keeps going. So in our evolution, we went straight down the middle and we said, what does the sick care model do? And you'll find that when you go into, your, if into a well care model, it's very different. It's actually polar opposite in most things. The sick care is, pro, is reactive. Well care is proactive. Sick care is pill for the ill. Well care is things that I could do outside of the medication. Sick care is something on the outside fixing me. Well care is what do I do? What is the person, what is the patient, what is the client doing for their own health journey? So it's a change, right? And as pharmacists, we've been classically trained in this model of sick healthcare, sick care, right? It's not our fault. I had seven days of nutritional supplementation in pharmacy school. So we need to learn new skill sets in here. And we don't have to go all the way down the rabbit hole of certified functional medicine practitioner three-year process to move in this direction. 
I chose to because I wanted to, and I felt very passionate about that. And I moved all the way back to wellness made simple. This whole conference is about simple, right? So we can teach this. We're going to teach you guys. We can figure out how we can do this so we can move the well care model forward. Because financially, and the other component, like insurance model, right? Everyone says, will my insurance pay for it? They're trained, they're programmed to say, does everything pay for it? Does anyone get that? Does my insurance pay for you to tell me what to do, cognitive screening, whatever supplement? In the well care model, it's just like your car insurance or your home insurance. Your car insurance pays for your car to be fixed when it crashes, right? but it doesn't pay for the oil change, it doesn't pay for the maintenance schedule, it doesn't pay for the love you give it to maintain its life, right? And so we just have to speak to our patients in a different way. I just say your insurance pays for sickness, not wellness, and people get it. But we gotta move ourselves over here. People want wellness, guys, right? How many of you have a gym membership? How many of you do yoga? How many of you by the supplements. Wellness category is so much more. The, the, the generation, the younger generation is very into proactive health. They don't want to go down the sickness continuum. Some of you maybe have kids in this realm. So if we're gonna evolve, this is the evolution of pharmacy. I have a firm belief, Dan Mack said, every, we're all coaches, right? My belief is the pharmacist of the future is more like a health coach teaching wellness solutions that go. So I always say, you come to our pharmacy, we don't end with the pill, we start with the pill. And that's our difference. That's what we can do. Going from personal to personalized. What does this mean? Independent community pharmacy has made a stamp put a flag in the ground. We all know we're better customer service, right? That's why we initially do what we do. We could do it better than the chains. Even though we're, like people have been programmed that the chains suck. You know that, right? How many of your customers go on vacation and they have to fill at one of the chains and then they come back and they're basically on their knees thanking you for what you do? I hope I'm not the only one that's gotten one of those. And sometimes you don't know what you miss till you lose it. But we've been really good at personal and friendly service. That was our first tagline. Personal and friendly service was our commitment to them. But now we're in the age of personalized medicine. Personalized, in my opinion, is where we can put another stamp down in this community independent pharmacy where you have a difference maker. One of my mantras is don't be better, be different. And so what can we do to personalize their patient journey? Where you're positioning them in this personal journey. We use genomics on, a, not pharmacogenomics, we've done that. That's just how you take a better pill. But wellness genomics, not disease, you're more apt to get this disease or that disease, like wellness genomics. And it's a game changer because you can personalize lifestyle supplements, food plans on many different categories of health based on their genetics and how they all work. That's at our fingertips and not very high cost. That costs 500 bucks for my patients and it's a one and done, but it's a game changer. 
Other thing is personalizes the human experience, right? They come to you. They don't come to the chain to get the same thing, but how can we personalize it to them? How can we use automation? I love ChatGBT, I love AI, it's great for content. You guys can create content really quickly in the wellness field by just asking ChatGBT normal questions. But how do you personalize it to you, your human experience, your story of transformation in your health? So moving from personal to personalized is it's the name of the game. Amazon, CVS, Walgreens, Mark Cuban, whoever it is, they're only going to commodity. We talked about that. Somebody said, how do we get out of that commodity business? We go from transactional, that's what he said, right? My, my solution to that is go from transactional to transformational. If you can transform someone's health, you have it all in you, by the way. You just have to unlock it and I can show you those tools. We're going to show you those tools, which I'm super excited for. Do you first is something I've developed over the years in my mindset of health and wellness. If you're in the sick care model, it's easy to just diagnose and treat and tell someone what to do, right? How many people in the wellness field don't walk their walk? I remember in pharmacy school, it's funny, some of my professors would be in the back outside on like breaks and stuff and they'd be smoking cigarettes. And be like, I didn't understand <laughs> that you could smoke cigarettes and still teach health. There's cardiologists that I know that don't teach lifestyle as part of what they do as interventions for their patients. I know it's not their fault, right? They don't understand. But when you're in the wellness field, you have a personal attachment to your own wellness or someone around you that's transformable. And that's when you compel to teach others. So in my mentorship, in my Mindshare groups, we always do us first. You're patient number one in your wellness journey. Because imagine if you went through your own program and you transformed your health and you lost 20 pounds and felt great, had good energy, how much more empathetic can you be to people going through that same challenge? versus just prescribing it and telling them what to do. So in wellness, it's easy. You could do the labs. You can take the supplements for those conditions. You can, you can do the lifestyle and the diet. Lifestyle is the big piece. Almost all chronic conditions are a lifestyle problem, period. And if you want to have a robust conversation about that offline, I'd love to have it with you. So life, chronic conditions are reversible with the right conditions. Everyone asks, what is functional medicine? It's such a weird term because nobody understands it but functional medicine people, right? Functional medicine is the opposite of dysfunctional medicine. Dysfunctional medicine is not doing the stuff you need to do, putting in the right signals in your body and taking the ones out. We eat to feel good and it tastes good, but truthfully, food is medicine. You are what you eat, literally, right? You, all the building blocks, all the proteins, all the things you do is how, you, how your environment and what the food you eat. So food is medicine. And if we're wellness providers and we're teaching true healthcare and transformation, we start there first. You can do a lot with food, guys. So doing you first is something that's, it's just part of the game when you look at a wellness model. You can't not do it. 
So you might be thinking, my patients won't pay for it. I don't know what I'm doing. That imposter syndrome that we all have, right? It's human nature. I get that question all the time is my patients won't pay for it. I don't believe that. Maybe they're your wrong patients. It's not socioeconomic only. The, social, the determinants of health, the World Health Organization, I told you I love data. I just found this out last week and I was just had to write it down. 10% of the determinant of health is medical. So we're in this medical side, we're only affecting 10% of their health. Another 10% is genetics. I love that one because I can play in that field now. I can, epigenetics is a concept where you can actually turn the genes on and off with the signals that you put in the body or take away. So we can play in that field of genetics now. Socioeconomic, that's 35%. So where you come from determines your health outcome. We know this, right? The poor, the indigent populations, things like that, they just don't have the chance because they don't have the resources. We can play in that field a little bit, but 35% of healthcare outcomes, so the biggest bucket, 10% medical, that's where we are right now, 35% is in lifestyle. How we think, act, and feel, 35% affects our health. I like playing in the 35% plus the 10% plus the 10%. We can move in that needle of, if, we're, if our goal is better outcomes, we can play in that field. Because whether you think, act, and feel, we talked about it in some of these sessions, I was loving it. The primer for Dan Mack was great. If you're in stress and running from the tiger all day long, you can't be in health. Because you think about it, physiologically, you're running from the tiger, whatever that tiger might be for you, like in common state of, we, I love stress. It's the one thing that's affected my life for a long time, trauma and stress, is something that I've been a student of my entire life. That's why I have a stress and well-being program. I'm a big consciousness guy. I'm big, I go into these deep rabbit holes for this because 80% of chronic conditions are rooted around that one word. That's where your patients go to the doctor for. But 4% of people that go to the doctor to relieve the stress actually seek something to relieve the stress. They look for the pill, they look for this, they look for that. So we, have, we can do that, we can work on that stuff. So the patient won't pay, that's a pharmacist mindset more than anything. It's not our fault. This is the one thing that I've had to come overcome day and day. I can't, it's really hard for me to ask for money for this. Has anyone else felt that way? If you're really honest, right? Because the card, we've been programmed as well. That card pays for the commodity and you get all this for free. And that spread between the cost of the drug and so it's our job to talk to our patients about it, but it wasn't our, it's never been in our scope of thinking to get paid for that. I'll give you guys one thing to overcome getting paid for cognitive service today. It's the easiest thing I ever did, and if you flip this, it'll work, I promise you. So you ask your patients, like, you give them three questions. And if it gets beyond the three questions, go, that's a great question. I'd love to give you my undivided time, you and me, one-on-one. -on -one. We'll talk about that. I'd love for you to make an appointment with me 
and I'm gonna send you a link to my schedule. We all have Calendly, Acuity, anything scheduling. There's apps for that, right? I'm gonna send you a link to my calendar and I want you to schedule your appointment with me. You can make 15, 30, 60 minute schedule at your convenience and we'll talk and we'll go, I'll research your thing and we'll talk, right? That'd be great. You send them on their way, you send them the calendar and they have to pay. They go in there and they look for your calendar, 30 minute session with Josh. When I did that, people understand automatically I'm doing something, it's a professional relationship and I'm exchanging this information for energy, which in the form of currency. If you guys do that one thing, you'll make money consulting patients. I promise you. And if you wanna put a little kicker into it with them, just tell them you're cheaper than a plumber. Because you are, if you wanna charge yourself. Because plumbers are really expensive. Every other professional service in the entire universe, somebody expects to pay for it. So just remember that. So we can dispel this pharmacist money mindset. It's hard. I know, because I've been suffering through that most of my professional career as well. But we have to speak our truth. We have to not be scared or fearful. But if you're giving something of value and it supersedes that cost every time, people are willing to pay, I promise you. Find your tribe. I love the word tribe, it's just communal for me. Group, tribe, this is a tribe, CPA, we are a tribe. What I'm really excited about this one is we have a collective group here. We can make change on a large scale, not just on cost of goods. That's how CPA came here, right? The bigger we get, the more power we have against the big guys to get better cost of goods. CPA now knows that we have to evolve. That's why I'm up here. Just take the N out of that. Involvement, it's evolve. Pharmacy's evolving. We're going beyond the pill. We're doing beyond dispensing. So learning collectively, science-wise, learning from your peers, this is why group-based programs are awesome in pharmacies because people actually learn more from their peers going through a group-based program like weight loss or cardiometabolic stress gut, there's so many programs we can create, but they learn more from their peers than they actually do from you. The studies have shown it. The Cleveland Clinic did functional medicine study. It says group-based programs, which are cheaper for people, more accessible, they learn more from their peers, Facebook groups, all these types of things. We can do this in our communities. We can develop these pillars and move across this continuum and getting ourselves more into that 40-50% of revenue, of profitability, doing you first, moving from sick care to well care, diversifying. The side effect of all that, guys, is better profitability, more time, because we're feeling, I love to be known as a pharm the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs, because we're a wellness destination. People are coming to me, the number one reason people are coming and sit in my seat when I get a consult with them or a health discovery call is I'm tired of doing all this stuff. I want to get off medication and the doctor doesn't really know what's wrong with me. Those are the things we can start working on. We move their lifestyle and their diet. We get them to eat right, sleep right, drink right, poop. We're moving the needle. Trust me, chronic diseases can go away. Autoimmune disease goes down. So... We don't have to get off the drugs, but we can start that continuum down the line.
or we could just do the pill for the ill, dispense only, and hope someone else out of our control, the outside world of us, does something about it. The DR fees go away, the reimbursements go up. I don't know about you, I'm not worried about anyone else but what I can make happen in this world. And so I like that stuff. You don't have to be anti-medication. We're all here. Medications are for a reason. When they get down that continuum of health where they need them. But now we can move people the opposite direction. And it's entirely possible. The things we're creating are gonna be simple and easy and very easy to implement into your pharmacy workflow. So we can do all this stuff, we can move beyond the pills, or we can choose not to, and that's okay. I'm in the mood now and in the frame set of, I'm not waiting anymore. I've been talking about a lot of this stuff to a lot of people for a long time, but I'm not waiting. There's no time, right? The time is now more than ever. I know of colleagues that have had to close their doors and the first thing they said is, I wish I had started this process that you do, Josh, earlier. Because the dispensing only model, it just isn't cutting it. If you're good, your expenses are 19% or so total. And if your margins are 20, do the math, right? So I like the 80-20 flip. Let's start moving things in the other direction that are more profitable. And guess what? Better for your patients. Now is the new later. So let's do it now. I'm going to change this slide for this group. I wish I had changed it earlier. I've decided to do something. This is why I've created a mentorship mastermind group for pharmacists that want to move beyond the pill and into wellness. Compressing what I've done in 15 years in a process of one to three years. But CPA, your fearless leader over there, Jay, has decided to do something about it. And so he wants to bring this community together and start that process, move people in a collective towards that model of well care to diversify your portfolio, to get you more profitability, to get better outcomes, to be a difference maker. Because as a collective, we do this. I'm extremely excited for this because we can move the needle faster and make a difference in our patients' lives in a very new shift in healthcare. You're the most accessible healthcare providers. Do we all agree that? How many people can, <laughs> it's hard, harder now with the phone, but people expect to pick up the phone and talk to somebody, right? My wife, she couldn't be here because she's had some complications with some hip surgeries. And she was spending 30, 40 minutes just to get on the phone with someone to reschedule a hip surgery. <laughs> like the scheduler, not even like the next person to the next person. So we're extremely accessible. What I love about pharmacy is people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. I think we all would agree our patients know us, they like us, and they trust us. That's why they come to us. So you have the ability to move them towards that change. 
And so we're creating this mastermind group. We're creating this programming for you guys, CPA. So if you're interested in this concept of the how, so this talk was more about the what and the why. Because I believe if you get the why and you get the what, the how becomes a whole lot easier up here do. If you believe in this stuff like I do, come to the breakout. I think it's one later on today because I'm going to go through that framework of what we're going to be creating as a group. We're going to be moving you guys through this process and hitting these pillars and understanding clinical nutrition and how to sell to your customers and selling from heart. I don't sell anymore. I offer solutions. That's what we're doing here. We're offering them something more and we're doubling down on their outcomes. So I'm excited. This is the time, it's the perfect time to change. But the change starts here. Someone says no change, no change, right? If we continue to do what we do and expect, that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So let's not be in insane pharmacies. Let's be like wellness-driven, heart-centered pharmacies that are moving healthcare in the positive direction. And the technology and the automation and the things that we can teach very quickly can move people in a direction. You don't have to be an expert in nutrition. You're already wired to learn clinical nutrition it's mechanism of action, it's dosage forms, it's, drug de it's dosage delivery. All the things we did to learn the pill stuff, the medication, applies to clinical nutrition. And it works. But we don't stop there. It's the four pillars I really think are important is what supplement, what diet or nutrition, what lifestyle, and what point of care labs that we might do. The best lab you could give someone that the doctor will never order is an omega-3 status. It's cheap and it has so much marker on health. So I have a definition of self-care as it relates to pharmacy and business ownership. And it's really poignant for this group because simple is what we've been talking about, right? So. My definition for self-care is simple, easy, lucrative, and fun. If it's simple, easy, and lucrative, it's probably gonna be fun, right? I don't want you guys going into your pharmacy in the stress response system all day long. You're not gonna be able to create, you're not gonna be able to give your patients hope. We're all familiar with the placebo effect, right? So pharma says they get a sugar pill, right? They get, no, they get nothing. And about 30% of people get better with nothing. But we're going to wash that out of our study because we need to have a double-blind placebo controlled, right? We want to control the placebo effect. So basically, we're taught in pharmacy school that the placebo effect is something that's unrecognized. It doesn't have anything to do with the therapy, right? It's unknown, but science is catching up. Does any Joe Dispenza fans in here? You're in, my, you're in my world if you are, come find me. We now know, he wrote a book called You Are the Placebo. But what it really means is 30% of people that come to your pharmacy will get better regardless of the drug. But what is that, what is that other? It's hope, it's belief. It literally is mind over matter. 
if you believe something's going to happen, you give hope to all your patients because you give them love. That's why their outcomes are better. They're not just friendly. You don't give them any better medication than the CVSs and the Walgreens, right? It's the same damn thing. Maybe not. Maybe they're getting it from India and it's crappy and it's got chemicals in it, right? But the hope that you give them, that encourages them, that they're going to get better, they leave taken care of, is what we do. So we need to encourage this placebo effect in our patients. You can make hundreds of chemicals in your body without doing anything besides with thought. We can teach these things to our patients. It's not woo-woo, it's science now. But it comes, starts with that hope. So simple, easy, lucrative, and fun. That's a formula that I want to create for my pharmacy and that I'm creating. And I'd love to do that and help you guys as well. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. I got a podcast in case you guys are interested in this stuff. And come check out our website, dilworthdrug.com, to see what the wellness vibe looks like in pharmacy. And I got about eight or minutes or so to answer any questions. Like I said, we're going to move this group. There's some criteria to that. And we're going to talk about that in the breakout session later. Because I'm a now guy. I don't work with people that are maybe. Um, I don't work with people that aren't committed. You got to want this. You got to want to do it now. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to move through. But I'm guaranteeing you guys it's simpler and easier than ever to move in this direction. And we're solving some major problems in healthcare, moving longevity. Did you know if you teach people how to sleep better, you can tack three plus years on their life. No drugs, just lifestyle. You're a hero to them if you can do that. So you can create a mini program, you have something. I'm just giving you one. The number one marker for longevity is sleep. Nobody's looking at it. Ambien, oh, by the way, one-third increase in mortality rates when you take a sedative hypnotic for sleep. So when you're giving the patient Ambien every month or whatever sedative hypnotic you have, you're actually increasing their chances by one-third of dying faster. The studies show it. So let's move the needle differently, right? So that's just one example of what we can be doing on the lifestyle stuff. And they're game changers. These are simple, easy solutions for patients. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.